Welcome to the Bite Size Storytelling Show, brought to you by Comiful.com, where we bring you techniques, advice, and stories that will help you on your writing journey. Without further ado, please give a warm welcome to our special guest. Hello, Comiful. I'm Mary Kay Gowdy. I write poetry and speculative fiction. I also make videos on YouTube about poetry and writing. I made a video about how to write a sonnet, so I'll roll the clip now. I've been doing this video series on how to write a poem, and in a previous video I suggested that beginner poets start out writing form poetry. And I know form poetry can seem really intimidating, but it can actually be very beneficial to you as a beginner poet, because free verse is very hard to do well. Writing in a particular poetic form can help teach you actually how to handle things like rhyme and meter. It sort of like forces you to think outside of a box within a box. And you'd be really surprised at what can come out of it. One of the best poetic forms to try out first is the sonnet form. It's a simple yet versatile form that has been used in so many languages across all poetic eras. It remains relevant to this day, hundreds of years after one of its most famous writers, Shakespeare, lived. In today's video, I'm going to cover how to write a sonnet. We'll go over how many lines it has, the rhyme scheme, the meter, and its most important characteristic, the volta. There are many rules for writing a sonnet, though many of them have variations. But no matter what, a sonnet is only ever 14 lines long. There are several variations of the sonnet form based on its rhyme scheme. I'm only going to be covering the two most popular, the Petrarchan and the Shakespearean. The Petrarchan has an octet and a sestet, while the Shakespearean is made up of three quatrains and a couplet. Their rhyme schemes look like this. On the left side we have the Petrarchan sonnet. The example I use is How Do I Love Thee, Let Me Count the Ways by Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Then on the right side is the Shakespearean sonnet, and this example is Anthem for Doomed Youth by Wilfred Owen. The rhyme scheme for the Petrarchan sonnet is A, B, B, A, A, B, B, A, C, D, C, D, C, D. The Petrarchan sonnet can also end in the rhyme scheme C, D, E, C, D, E. What the rhyme scheme does is it separates the form into two parts, an octet and a sestet. The octet is made up of the first eight lines, and the sestet is made up of the last six. The letters stand for a rhyme. All of the lines that are marked with A rhyme with each other, such as ways, days, praise. And then the lines that are marked with B also rhyme with each other, height, sight. But they do not rhyme with A. So whenever a new rhyme is introduced, you mark it with a new letter. The Shakespearean sonnet has the rhyme scheme of A, B, A, B, C, D, C, D, E, F, E, F, G, G. In this example, this sonnet has the rhyme scheme E, F, F, E. What the rhyme scheme does for the Shakespearean sonnet is it separates it into three quatrains and then a couplet. So A, B, A, B is one quatrain. It is made out of four lines. Then C, D, C, D is another then E-F-F-E is another. Then finally it ends in the couplet G-G, which means that both those lines rhyme with each other. These are the rhyme schemes typical of these types of sonnets, though it is possible for Petrarchan to have an A-B-A rhyme scheme and a Shakespearean to have an A-B-B-A one. Now onto meter. 
Most sonnets are written in iambic pentameter, but they don't necessarily have to be. In iambic pentameter, each line will be 10 syllables long, following a pattern of unstressed, stressed, unstressed, stressed syllables. The first syllable of the line will be unstressed, and the last syllable of the line will be stressed. But again, not every sonnet has to be in iambic pentameter. Now let's touch on the one thing that truly makes a sonnet a sonnet, and that is the volta. In poetry, the volta or the turn is a rhetorical shift or dramatic change in thought and or emotion. Sonnets are unified by one thematic topic. They can express one sentiment or it can make an argument. Oftentimes, the first part of the sonnet will ask a question that the part after the volta then answers, though this is not the only way that a volta can be applied. So let's look at some examples. Voltas are often represented with conjunction words like yet and so for. In this example remembered by Christina Rossetti, the volta is represented by a conjunction word, in this case yet. It occurs between the 8th and the ninth lines, which is a very common point for the volta to occur at. In the first 8 lines, the speaker asks the reader to remember them. But in the last six lines after the Volta, the speaker tells what they think the listener should do in the case that they do forget them. In Sonnet 116 by William Shakespeare, the Volta occurs right before the last two lines. The word if signals the Volta's presence. While all the quatrains are talking about one subject, they represent different ways of looking at the subject. So each stanza is like a paragraph in an essay, and the couplet is what brings it all together. In the final two lines, he says that if anything he has said previously is wrong, then he never writ nor no man ever loved. The couplet acts as a summary for what came before it, and this is the change that is represented by the Volta. As you can see and remember, the Volta also separates the form into an octet and a sestet like the rhyme scheme of the Petrarchan sonnet does. And in the Shakespearean example, the thought process represented in the poem is also separated into three quatrains and a couplet like the rhyme scheme separates the Shakespearean sonnet form. Finally, I want to mention the naming conventions of sonnets. You can name your sonnet however you like, but many sonnets are named by merely their first line or by a number, as in the case of Shakespeare sonnets. Because of the simplicity and versatility of the sonnet's rhyme scheme meter and the volta, it remains a popular form among poets to this very day. It never gets old and it's one of my personal favorites. That's all for this video and thank you for watching. So if you're interested in any more videos like that, you can go to my YouTube channel. It's called Mary Kay Gowdy. I have other writing videos like how to write a poem, tips for beginners, and also common mistakes new poets tend to make. So if you want to further your poetry writing skills, go check out that. I'll teach you about rhyme, meter, how to avoid cliche, and melodrama, and I'll be posting more videos like that in the future, so subscribe if you're interested in any of those. Thank you. If you found this interesting, be sure to like, subscribe, and give a special thanks to our volunteer instructor. Reviews and likes really go a long way and help us provide more awesome writing resources to the Comiful community. If you aren't on Comiful yet, you can join a community of poets, short story authors, and fan fiction writers on Comiful.com.